You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another cold night frigid yet victorious episode of the assembly call as today your Indiana Hoosiers win over Kennesaw State 55 to 69. This takes the Hoosiers to 10 and 3 for the season and continue uh, into the Christmas season and that's how we'll end our uh, non-conference play as well. Um, I'm your host Kathy Amos. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, coach Jeff Marlowe and Andy Bottoms and we will break it all down for you on this edition of the assembly call IU post game show. But let's start this show the way we do with every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And uh, guys, I, I'm, I'm going to be quite honest, I had a lot of trouble coming up with a banner moment for this, this game. Um, and to be honest, I, I'm just going to go to the end of the game and say that the end of the game and the fact that we came out with a win was our banner moment for tonight. Um, I thought that, you know, the team struggled. We are clearly hurting without TJD and without Xavier out there um, really as a team. And I thought they, they came together and especially in the second half um, to really just um, gut it out. And it was not a pretty win. Um, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. Um, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty, as we uh, we say in any day. And for me, I'm just going to say that that end where the buzzer sounded and we we came away with a win is my Hoosier Proud banner moment. Um, and our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. They are now in their sixth season of sponsoring the assembly call and their second as the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network. And as you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them as well. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. Plus, I'm hearing rumors that perhaps we might get a refreshed um, Indiana line sometime in 2023. But no matter what you buy, you all know it will always be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. So what could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME for 15% off. The website is homefieldapparel.com and wear one for the team. Okay, now it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And I think we'll just go ahead and get this over with, Ryan. Let's uh, send it over to you for your rant. What what would you like to say about that beautiful game tonight? Yeah, uh, look, the offense for the first 30 minutes of the game seemed to be dump the ball into the post and then everybody stand perfectly still and just stay there. Don't move. Don't, whatever, don't, no, don't move, Miller. Don't move. You stay in the corner. Uh, I, I don't know what they were trying to do there. I don't know what, there was just no movement. They went small late. And I think that that is what sort of unlocked things and spread the floor a little bit. And they were able to get some driving and that opened up some threes. And, uh, I mean, thank God for Tamar Bates and, and Miller cop hitting some threes in this one, or who knows what would have happened. Um, I just, I don't know what, what they're trying to do offensively. I really don't from game to game. It doesn't seem like there's a cohesive plan defensively. This team, I, and they've done it since last year, frankly, they've done it since the Archie Miller era, but they're so bad at closing out to three point shooters. And it's, you know, 
coming in, and Andy can talk about this because he knows Kennesaw State better just from knowing the scouting report. But well, I mean, Andy, you're a bracketologist. You have to know everybody. I'm just going to assume, and you didn't have to. You didn't have to shrug your shoulders. You could have just sold it. Nobody. I don't want to. I don't want to lie to anyone. That's that's untrue. But okay, continue. Okay. Well, Go ahead. I was trying to give you some. You know, trying to boost you up there, buddy. Merry Christmas. That was your gift. Um, no, I. I but th- there's one thing they can do is shoot threes, and for some reason, Indiana continually overhelps, leaving guys wide open for most of the game, and got lucky that Kennesaw State didn't hit 50 percent from three because they were wide open looks for most of the night. I mean, Trey Galloway is an amazing on-ball defender. I know you love him, Coach Marlowe, but off the ball, he just he loves nothing more than to overhelp and leave his guy open in the corner for a three, and, and he did that consistently all night, and everybody else did too. And so, yeah, they finished it out. It was nice to see them go small. Tamar Bates, we'll talk about him, had a great game and is starting to look like the guy that we recruited and, you know, after an up-and-down freshman year because of, you know, some personal stuff and all that. He's really starting to look great, and he's starting to consistently come through. and And he was the guy tonight for Indiana. Made it, you know, uh, not only you know led them in scoring, but made some huge buckets at key moments. And I think he's earned a, a spot in the starting lineup, replacing Trey Galloway with this current uh, setup. I think that that's just I, I love Trey coming off the bench with his energy. But anyway, I, I just don't know what was going on for that for, offensively. I, I really don't know what the goal of that offense is, other than just ISO ball. Um, Something needs to change. It needs to be better. Because that's not going to work in the Big Ten. We learned that last year when they tried to do this. It does not work in the Big Ten. It almost didn't work against Kennesaw State tonight. Something needs to be to, to improve there. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, Ryan, um, I think we only led for about three minutes of that first half um, against Kennesaw State, who has something like the 200th worst defense in um, at least coming into this game. So I guess we'll help bolster that for them. But um, (laughs) on that note, uh, let's go ahead and kick it over to Jeff. Um, What's your coach's corner for us tonight, Jeff? Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of the rain a little bit. I'm with Ryan. I'm I'm to the point of where is what's the identity on the offensive end? And I thought we'd gotten away from that a little bit toward the end of last year with just simply dump and stand the very first possession of the game tonight. We ran a set where we, we passed to the wing, did a kind of a little curl diagonal screen to run race into the post and dumped it in, but at least got movement into the offense and that forced them to move and help. And we pitched it out for a wide open three that we missed. That was the last time I saw us run it. What, what, you know, where, why are we getting more of that? And, and I don't, I made this comment to a friend of mine tonight texting, uh, and it's been one of mine that, you know, and I, I'm not, what I'm saying isn't original. What, when I say the idea, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I came up with this on my own. Ryan's made this comment. Coach made this comment. What's the identity on offensive end? And, and it can't just be a high ball screen and drive. We don't have that many downhill players. Coach, it can't be just throw it to your best player and right. hope he makes a play when Trace is in there. That, that can't be your identity. That's no. This is not the NBA, you know, no. where you just give the ball. Here's LeBron James. Just give him the ball and let him do something. That doesn't right. work in college. And I don't think, and I agree with you, Ryan. I, I'm to kind of, I like Mike Woodson, but I thought there'd be more innovation, there'd be more imagination in the offense, especially in the second year where they had a full summer to work with the kids and and to put some stuff in. And we just seem to really stagnant. We and and at times I use the comment we look bored tonight. So I I just don't. And then defensively, yeah, I I, I see what Trey's doing with the overhelp, but there are times when we can't guard the ball. And then we have to overhelp. So where's the defensive identity that was supposed to be the foundation? I, I'm, I'm really kind of just really frustrated. And I know a lot of people are. And I, and I, and I will say this. I said this on Twitter or on the community the other day. 
every good team has, you know, a, a lot of good teams, not every, but a lot of good teams have parts of stretches of seasons like this where they got to get it figured out. Heck, 1981 had this kind of stretch. They were, you know, where they had to struggle. They just had, you know, we, we knew they had better talent than what they were showing on the floor. But they got to find it quick because Big Ten play, like Ryan said, is not going to be kind if it's just going to be stand and throw and, and, and or pitch it into the post and everybody stand around and we can't guard. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of that, Coach, I think that probably resonates with a lot of the folks listening and watching here tonight um, or later. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, they got 13 days to, to figure it out, I guess. But, Andy, what's your what's your bottom line for us tonight? Well, I appreciate you guys being on. This is a good chance for you guys who are doing the women's postgame show, who when they just run opponents like this off the floor, this is a good chance for you to get, you know. We're not used to doing shows reps, like this. Reps in a game situation where, no, uh, no, appreciate you guys being here. Always good to, to talk with you. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of what, what you guys said is true. I think offensively um, unimaginative is the word that I continue to use. And what's interesting, and coaches talked about this, and and you saw it tonight. They ran a great set play out of a uh, baseline out of bounds after a media timeout. Gets Tamar Bates a wide open shot. Why on earth do, would you not think of you don't have to run that play, but like the motion and the and and kind of the decisions that you're making the defense to make in that scenario? Why on earth would you not be doing that on every possession offensively? Uh, and they got into it. And they got into a little bit of that with, you know, putting trace a little or race a little bit in the high post and running some more like middle ball screens and stuff like that. But it's like in that situation, you force them to make a decision and got a wide open shot because there was motion and screening and whatever. And then any other normal possession that isn't out of a timeout on a baseline or a sideline out of bounds, like those the those elements are they're not completely gone, but they're usually not there. Um, and it's just staggering to me that you would you know, understand and acknowledge the importance of those things in out-of-bounds situations, but not acknowledge and focus on those things in, in regular half-court offense. And then, you know, defensively to to the point you guys made, I think I think, I think think the truth lies somewhere in the middle, right? I think um, there were times that we overhelped off of guys when we actually had the ball handler under control. I think, though, because of what reaction. Coach Marlowe said, where we often do not, and so <laughs> – the natural reaction is that. I mean, there are a couple of times helped all the way down into the lane on guys who were totally controlled at that point. That was, I think, traded that once. Huchifino did that once. Um, and so just kind of a, a lack of identity on both ends of the floor. What I will say in an effort to make this slightly more positive uh, is uh, the play of, of Bates and Huchifino in the second half was fantastic. They combined for 27 points, were 9 of 12 from the field. Hit uh, hit four threes between the two of them and five of six from the free throw line. That, you know those two guys really uh, came into their own and 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 made some huge plays there. Uh, I think Tamar continues to just uh, blossom in his his sophomore season. So uh, and, and I think that the ability to play him and Cop at the same time, especially with X out, that we texted about this a little bit um, on on our text exchange, like two guys who are really shooting the ball well. Uh, is something that IU has longed for for a while that defenses really have to respect. So what he's done in recent games and the energy that he's brought, we can probably have conversations about who needs to be in the starting lineup. I know we talked about that on the Assembly Call Radio last night, but uh, the bright spot for sure was the play of those guys uh, and their playmaking and shot making in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so coming up on our assembly call tonight, we will um, be pointing out our meaningful moments that you might have missed, um, as well as going inside the numbers and talking about some of our most important statistical notes from the game. So you are listening to assembly call, so stick with us as we continue onto our show. Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the Simply Call IU Post Game Show. Again, my name is Kathy Amos, hosting here tonight with Ryan Phillips, um, Andy Bottoms, and Jeff Marlowe. And we're breaking down Indiana's win over Kennesaw State. Um, so first uh, tonight, we'll just go ahead and jump into our meaningful moments that maybe you have missed. Uh, meaningful moments that you might have missed is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or any extra tickets that you have to help create those meaningful moments for other IU fans, please visit HoosierTicketProject.org. Again, that's HoosierTicketProject.org. So guys, I think I'll just kick it off for one uh, meaningful moment for me. And um, I don't think it's one we probably really missed. Andy was kind of alluding that to me to it as well. But this is um, for me in the second half of play, right after the under eight timeout and Tamar Bates came out right after that timeout and hit one of his threes that we saw in that second half. Um, then race went down on the defensive end, had a block. Um, Jordan Geronimo was fouled on the other end, went one for two, and that finally took us up 40 to 43. And I thought this was meaningful because I don't think we relinquished the lead finally after that. Um, so to me, that was one meaningful moment. And again, it really sparked a run from Tamar Bates, I thought, that we saw throughout that second half, where he really seemed to come alive and spark the offense for the team. But um, Andy, let me kick it over to you. What do you have for any of your meaningful moments tonight? Uh, you know, I think... <sighs> I don't have a specific moment. I, and maybe I do. Um, you know, Miller Cop makes a foul toward the end of the game uh, and really kind of got everybody together. I think he's starting to emerge a bit uh, as a leader uh, for this team and and um, stepped up, made some big shots, but also uh, was a guy who uh, dove on the floor. I forget what that was. I think that was the second half, you know, kind of poked the ball away, dove on the floor. Uh, in a game that saw another loose ball on the floor, three IU guys standing around it, one Kennesaw State guy actually dove on the, dove on the floor for it. So, um, but I thought I thought Cop is really, particularly with with X and TJD not on the court, 
has continued to to really show some leadership, continued to play well. Uh, and so I thought him kind of circling everybody up. Uh, that foul actually was a foul on him. The one that was called shortly thereafter was not. But, right. uh, you know, his ability to make some big shots, um, be a confident shooter. And and as a veteran guy like that, you, you, he has to be able to serve that role, and particularly on a night like tonight. So I thought just his – uh, willingness to gather everybody around. And and I, th- I think at one point during our text exchange, it was like, somebody needs to really get and look pissed about this. Yeah. Um, I think he was probably as close as it got. And I noticed yeah. that even a little bit at the Elon game on, on Tuesday night, he, he really does wear his emotions a little bit on his sleeve a bit more. Though, as a, you know, if he thinks he should have got the ball can kind of, you know, throw his hands up. I think that was one of the plays that uh, came up on um, the Huchifino, uh film session on, on inside the hall where you could see cop like you know, throwing his arms up and, and whatever else. But I think he uh, is a guy who, uh, you know, his emergence has been key and his continued ability to score is going to be key for this team as they move forward without Xavier Johnson. Yeah. Piggybacking on that, Andy, you know, with two seniors out with, with X and, and, and TJD out, You've got Miller Cop and Race Thompson on the floor. Race has never been a super demonstratively vocal guy. I mean, he'll bring people together, and from all accounts, he's a leader behind the scenes. But on the floor, he's he's not that guy. Cop has got to be that guy with those two other uh, seniors out. You've got to have leadership on the floor, and so he's got to show that. And again, he's another guy who we hear great things about behind the scenes, but during a game on the floor when things aren't going well, somebody has to take the lead. And and it, you're right. He did that a bit tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jeff, how about you? Do you have anything for us on in terms of meaningful moments that you want to point out? Well, I will go back to kind of the one that Andy pointed out in, during his uh, opening uh, earlier. They they ran that out-of-bounds play coming out of the media timeout for tomorrow, I think it was, and got a three-ball. three, three ball. The very next defensive possession, I was texting with my friend group, that was, to me, the best defensive possession they had all night. They forced it down to late in the shot clock, forced a bad, either a bad shot or a bad pass, and then came down and scored again. And I thought that was the that kind of segment that took us from like a four-point lead out to six or seven. And I thought that was the – and to me, that was kind of the meaningful moment. But I do want to piggyback off also what Andy talked about with Miller. It's time for somebody – and again, like Ryan said – X is out for a long period of time. TJD out for these last couple of years. But it's time for somebody on this team to show their heart on their sleeve and to show us some emotion on that floor and be willing to get up in some guys' faces and tell them that basically it's time to play harder and better and tougher. I, I'm I, That's one of the things, again, back to the identity, I just – I guess I'm an old school Bob Knight fan that, you know, I grew up on. I want that physically tough, mentally tough team. and I'm just not seeing that right now. Yeah, we we want all those 50-50 balls to go our way, right? A lot more than 50% of the time. So um, any other quick, meaningful moments, guys, that you want to talk about? Well, Kathy, you stole mine. So, you know. <laughs> I aim to please, Ryan. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, I, I, the, another one that I had, and, and maybe this is a way to talk about him not playing in the second half at all. Uh, there was a play in the first half. You know, CJ Gunn came in, poked the ball away for a steal and gets it up to, to, to Mar for uh, one of a couple dunks that he had. And, um, you know, I thought, I think this was a game Mike Woodson probably assumed he'd be able to find more minutes for Duncan and CJ Gunn. So uh, did I. Over the course of this game. Yeah, perhaps everyone did. Perhaps the team yeah. came in with that view that they would. Um, and so I don't, you know, there was a part of me that would have liked to see at least CJ get in a little bit in the second half. Um, yeah. Thought he played okay. 
Uh, certainly was no worse defensively than anybody else in the first half and continue to bring some energy defensively. I think Duncan, the with IU playing better without the the two traditional bigs in the game, didn't really line up really well for him to get minutes. But um, I thought a good another good moment from CJ Gunn. Uh, this game flow kind of put him out of things uh, tonight. And, uh, I, you know, whether that's a good thing for the future or not, I don't really know. I think he ended up playing a few guys more minutes than you would have anticipated, which yeah. is easier to do with a huge layoff coming up after this. Yeah, I agree with that, Andy. I was surprised not to see CJ Gunn in there. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you think the reason, at least one of the reasons we didn't see Gunn get in is because how well both Tamar um, Bates and Jalen Hood-Shafino were playing in that second half? And um, I, to me, at least, I thought our best lineup was when we had those two, along with Jordan Geronimo, race and Miller Cop out there. And because that that unit was really seeming to gel pretty well, it just didn't feel like maybe Gunn fit into the flow of the game. And that's why we didn't see him. But that was one thought I had on that. But any any validity in your mind to that? Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. And and uh, particularly when Kennesaw State really – and I thought they did a decent job of this over the course of the night, putting pressure on the ball. I thought we had some guys who really picked up their dribble uh, yep. in uh, not great positions. Um and, say the and least. I think Hood Shafino was really the only guy who seemed truly comfortable dribbling against some of the pressure. I think Galloway a little bit less so, and I think Bates even less than that. Um, and I'm not sure that's a situation that CJ Gunn excels in necessarily either, uh, as we talk through that. So no, I think you're I think you're totally right. He played the guys who were playing well together, which I don't really have an issue with, especially in a game that quickly turned from a a one where you think you're going to be able to get these guys minutes to, okay, now we just need to figure out a way to win this right. game. So but yeah, great. to piggyback on that, Andy, a little bit, it's, it's, you know, Trey Galloway did not have a great game tonight. I thought, I thought on the ball late in the second half, he started defending pretty well. I thought he was okay for most of the game defensively on the ball, off the ball. We've discussed, I didn't think he was great, uh, but I thought he really picked up his defense in the second half. Offensively, he had those two threes in the first half and really didn't do much else. Um, he had a couple of rebounds. He did have that tip in that I thought was a really big play. He took the game from six to eight, uh, you know, and sort of that, that was sort of when you felt like, okay, the game's over. It was a missed three from tomorrow. He came in, tipped it in. Um, but they have to have him on the floor if if Huchifino's not on the floor. And so because they need somebody to handle the ball and, and they don't have any depth in that area right now. So it was a necessity that he was out there over CJ Gunn. Whereas I agree, I, I would have liked to maybe see CJ work in if you're going to give Tamar Bates a rest, but there was no reason to give Tamar Bates a rest in the second half, uh, you know, for, right. for more than a minute or two. And there was no reason to, to, really change that lineup. I think Miller Cop again, your only veteran really on the floor other than Ray Thompson, your only perimeter veteran on the floor. So I think that's why they kept that group together and they needed to win the game. I mean, that was, you know, there was, there wasn't any time to have some fun with a freshman out there, which I would have loved to see CJ play more, um, but they were trailing for some of it. And then they had to, you know, sort of, you know, put the, put the hammer down and have, have what was probably your best team on the floor. So again, I, I agree. I would have liked to see him more. I, I thought that the three he took was a little, a little advised in the first half was a little, he was a little deep and it was a little early in the clock and wasn't really a set shot. Um, but other than that, I thought he, I, I liked the way he played and I've liked the way he's played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, well, I agree with that. I think we saw Jalen Hutchfino go out with that third foul and, and Kennesaw State immediately went on that 8-0 run when he came back in. But Coach Marla, sorry, sorry you had you have a thought. Go for it. Well, and I think when you go back to whether it's Tamar Bates or whether it's C.J. Gunn, I think at some point you also – Mike Woodson has to make a decision about getting his best players on the floor just more yeah. often. Um, yeah. And he right now, if he, in his view, at least for me as a fan watching on TV, because I don't get to go to very many games live – 
it seems like if you aren't up to snuff defensively, he's not putting you out there. Well, hey, I love Steve Alford, and I and there were other guys through the Bob Knight era that couldn't guard a chair either, but they found he didn't stick them on the bench and leave them there. Tomorrow's got to find more time on the floor, especially when he's having a game like tonight. C.J. Gunn had a good first five, you know, the five-minute segment he played, I thought was a good segment. You can cover guys who aren't the best defensive players. We've had point guards that couldn't shoot before, but we put, we kept them on the floor. Every and and so I just think you know that Coach Woodson needs to find a way to get some of his better talent on the floor and not fall back to this excuse that you know well they're not there where we want them to be defensively. You, you, all, your best five defensive players aren't always going to be your best team. Again, me, I love defense as a coach, but you got to be able to score enough, and the offense has to have more variety to it. And Tamar Bates, at least in the last couple of games, has shown he deserves more minutes than he's been getting up through the, this part of the season. Yeah, I think those are all excellent points, um, Jeff. So, um, all right, guys, so how about this? Let's go ahead and transition to inside the numbers, and we can probably dive into some more storylines at the same time we start talking about those. But um, how about, Ryan, when we go to you, is there a team or individual staff that you kind of want to start us off with? Yeah, Race Thompson didn't do much offensively tonight. Four points, you know, two of seven from the field, oh of two from three, and oh of four at the free throw. I'm sure he wants a lot of those back. But he had 14 rebounds. He controlled the boards, and and I thought that his effort was excellent on both ends uh, as far as that went. He did have the one offensive rebound, but I felt like he was he was battling for rebounds on the offensive end as well, even though he wasn't getting them. And I think that he really controlled things in the middle defensively, which is why it was so maddening that everybody was helping off on drives because you know Race was back there ready to swatch shots, ready to get in the way. And, uh, I, you know, so it was, it was a little disappointing that they were, they were overhelping, but that 14 rebounds from race were, were huge. And, you know, what's interesting also only 24 points in the paint for Indiana, which means they scored more points outside the paint or from the free throw line than they did, uh, outside the paint and free throw line combined than they did in the paint, which is different for Indiana. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, of those rebounds, we had ended up, you know, um, out rebounding Kennesaw State 40 to 28. So, um, and obviously race with 14 of those rebounds was an absolute good contributor to that. But how about for you, Coach Marlow, what is a number either individually or team that you'd like to talk about with us tonight? Um, I'm going to go to Jalen hood Shafino a little bit here, but I'm, I'm going to start with one number. We only had, uh, we had five offensive rebounds. And that's that to me was very, very weak on the offensive glass. But I do want to point out Jalen Hood Shafino on a night when we struggled to shoot free throws, he was five for six at the line. So I thought at least Jalen Hood Shafino was able to step up to the line and make some free throws. And and I got some others we'll talk about when we get the game ball and hustle awards. Okay, just sounds good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We only shot 61.5% from free throw um, on 16 of 26 free throw shooting there. So um, definitely not a good uh, night at the line for us as a team. Um, but Hood Shavino stepping up and doing five of six for us is definitely um, something to point out on the positive side. Um, Andy, how about you? What kind of numbers do you like to talk about tonight? Yeah, I was going to talk about the the interior players. Ryan touched on race. I thought he... Um, you know, the, the Elon game, they just didn't have the personnel. That was a game where he was just going to be able to overpower yeah. uh, whoever was around him. And Kennesaw, you know, they had a couple big guys that rotated in that were really able to hold their ground, push race out a little bit further uh, than he wanted to. And and the way they doubled, I, I know they talked about on the broadcast, um, seemed to give him a little bit of trouble. And then not being able to make the free throws was just killer. You know, the one of the times he was real slow to make a move, put the ball on the floor too many times, guard digs down, he loses it. The very next time he gets it. I think it was a nice entry from Bates that basically set him up to just rip, go straight to the basket, gets fouled, misses both free throws. And, you know, then I felt like 
you know, they, they struggled a little bit to, to even want him to get the ball in a position where he was going to get fouled. But he did a lot of things to uh, facilitate some offense when they had him in that, you know, high post. Uh, yeah, the high post worked they got really some, well. Uh, they got some layups for Huchifino on that. He had a nice pass to Geronimo from there uh, that I think got him sent to the line um, in the uh, in, in maybe the second half. Um, and so, you know, not not huge issues there. You know, I think Malik Renew continues to struggle, though. Um, four yeah. turnovers in 14 minutes uh, just for a guy who – early in the season was just a get it and go and kind of not think about it was just a guy who really is overthinking and uh, looks like he's overthinking at least, you know, the play where he's basically not guarded, gets in the lane and ends up traveling just because he's almost thrown off by how open he was, but second guessing, do I pass? Do I shoot? How many dribbles do I take? Am I trying not to commit an offensive foul? Am I uh, doing some of those things? And, and, and on a night like tonight, you could work around that because IU played better when they didn't have two traditional posts out there. So it didn't yeah. really make a difference that he couldn't be in the game as much. Um, some of these other Big Ten games, though, they're going to need him uh, as they as they go and work through those things. And obviously these precautionary rests for Trace and the fact they've got almost two weeks off should get him back at better health by the time he comes back. But uh, Renew just – it was another uh, another struggle of a game for him. And they really fed him early. Uh, I don't know if it was for the the sole purpose of trying to get him going, but they gave him a lot of opportunities early, and he really struggled to he basically uh, to finish inside and and to make good decisions. They basically set him up like Trace early yeah. on and just threw him the ball in the post. And if you look at it, you know we were all really enamored with what he did early on. Um, since the North, including the North Carolina game, since then he's two points, two points, four points, four points, six points. He had nine against Elon, which Andy said, they just didn't have the personnel to keep up. But, you know, he did that on four of 10 shooting. Uh, it wasn't like he dominated. And then tonight he had, you know, five points in 14 minutes. So this is a guy who started off so hot and is really struggling. And it all started with that North Carolina game. It was the first time he really faced, you faced Baycott, who's a, a grown man. And since then, it feels like his confidence is just gone. Yeah. And, you know, he's it's like... It's like he was reminded that he was a freshman and these guys are all intense, big dudes who are athletic and they're on his level, if not above it. And he's really struggled to figure it out since then. Hopefully, again, you know, it, it's he's a freshman. You hit a wall. Sometimes you bounce back, but um, really tough to keep him on the floor right now, especially when and, and Andy put this note, you know, up that Jordan Geronimo is playing with really good energy right now. I mean, Geronimo at 13 minutes and Malik at 14. And quite frankly, it looked like Jordan was the better player tonight, just with his energy and his effort. He was getting to the line. He was, you know, he's not hitting threes every time. It feels like every time he lines up for three, he gets excited and shoots it long every right. single time. Jordan, calm down. <laughs> take a breath, buddy. Uh, from the free throw line when he misses, it's long. Calm down. Just take a breath, bud. You're good. Yeah. Um, you know, but he didn't put up big numbers, but his energy was there. He was in there making things happen. And um, he was active, very active defensively, very active offensively. Um, didn't have a, a block or anything like that, but just the energy was better when he was on the floor. And he had seven yeah. points and, and Malik had five. And, and Malik is, you know, a more talented player and right. should be should be doing better. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just right now with Malik, it's it's hard to keep him on the floor for long stretches. There was there was a point this game where I was thinking. I'd rather see Logan Duncan out there than Malik right now. He's just lost. And at least Duncan has more length and can go, you know, do some things defensively. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I think it's just a freshman wall a bit and he's having to deal with the fact, unlike Jalen Huchifino, who's big and strong for a guard, you know, for a point guard, Malik's a little undersized height wise for his position. He's a big enough guy, but 
he's just kind of getting bullied a little bit and needs to needs to figure that out heading into Big Ten play. And and I'll say this kind of the same lane. Malik reminds me of those kids that I had a few kids I had in high school over the years that once they lost a little bit of confidence, it just seemed like everything snowballed on them. They they would yeah. make a mistake, then it would be another mistake, and then they're looking over at the coach like, like, are you going to pull me out or what can I what what can I do? There? And well, once you start kind of showing that where you've lost confidence, then coach kind of loses confidence in you too. And I can admit, even for me as a high school player back in the day, that was me my junior year where I just was I couldn't ever get in the flow and and. And so I know that look, and that's kind of what I see of Malik Renault right now is he's kind of got that look like, oh, man, I just made a mistake. I hope I don't make another one. Well, when you think that way, you end up making another one and another one, and it just kind of compounds itself. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, especially Renew. I was really hoping in these this um, this game in particular, um, well, really for any any of our players on the bench, we'd get to see a little bit more. But for Renew in particular, who's actually not a bench player since he's technically starting right now, I was hoping to see him get more into the flow of the game and um, really get going. Um, in terms of numbers, I, I don't have a whole lot to add to all the things that you guys have said, other than um, just to point out, I thought our assists were really low tonight. We only had five in the first half, 12 total for the game. And I think that goes to back back to a lot of the points I think, Ryan, you were making where we were just standing around a lot. It was get yeah. the ball into the post and then stand there and see what he does. Um, a lot of ISO ball. Yeah, it was. And it's just it, it just wasn't good team offense basketball tonight. But um, I don't think there's a whole lot else to cover on inside the numbers. But is there before we leave that segment, anything uh, you guys want to mention before we move on? I think we're ready for the last segment. Um, well, not quite yet, actually. Coming up, we have to hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Awards first. So, <laughs> Well, I said um, we're ready for the last segment, which is a <laughs> Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. 
Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Um, we're going to do Game Balls Hoosier Hustle Award. We still have lingering questions, um, and then uh, we'll just talk about some upcoming programming notes. So um, let's go ahead and uh, talk about our, our Hoosier Game Ball mom uh, moments. But first, um, for those of you listening, uh, please make sure you go out to assemblycall.com, um, and you can join our free newsletter there, as well as join our free, or not our free, our private community that you can have lots of great discussion both on men's basketball but as well as other Indiana sports like women's basketball, um, soccer, baseball, all kinds of things. But um, I think we'll just go around here um, real quick and uh, talk first uh, about our game balls, which by the way is sponsored by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew are helping folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their homes or businesses. You can learn more about their um, it, at their business at www.bloomenviro.com. That's bloomenviro.com. And if you mention this ad, you will actually get 23% off all of their testing services. That's 23% off in honor of TJD. Um, so I think we'll go around um, just real quick and we'll talk about game balls. And um, why don't we go first to you, Coach? Um, Andy had to, to drop off. So uh, what do you have for us for your game ball? Well, and maybe I'm going to be the odd person out here tonight, but um, I was really going back and forth with this. So, but anyway, I, I went ahead and went with Tamar, the 19 points and, and picked up two rebounds and, and two assists. Uh, but I thought, you know, Tamar really, you know, he, he was the, really the focal point of the offense tonight. At least he made himself that way. So I thought Tamar was my game ball. Tamar. Okay. Awesome. Ryan, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going with tomorrow. Also, it wasn't just the numbers, the 19 points, you know, two assists, two rebounds um, in 31 minutes. It was that he hit those huge uh, shots and he, and, he, and he scored at key times and he really helped turn the game around. I think Jalen, you know, helped finish it off with a lot of his free throws and some of his drives late. But Tamar kept them in this game and then was able to hit big shots as it went. So um, that, yeah, he's got mine easily. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we're just going to make it pretty unanimous because I wrote down Tamar Bates for my game ball as well um, before the game actually even ended. So uh, I think that's a pretty easy one uh, for us to, to finish off here. So um, so with that, uh, our game balls for the season now are Malik Renew with one, Trace Jackson David with Trace da Jackson Davis with six, um, which includes a defated, deflated game ball for the Kansas game. Yeah. Um, Xavier Johnson with one. Tamar Bates is now up to two. Miller Cop has one. Reese Thompson has two. And honorable mention for a third of a game ball for the Kansas game to the officials and the fans, which, by the way, that means I have a third of a game ball because I was at that Kansas game. Yeah, thanks. We're proud of you. I, I was proud of myself. I stayed through that whole game too. It was, it was neat. Um, all right. Um, well now let's go ahead and move on. Unfortunately, I, I do not have the the audio for our Hoosier Hustle Awards. So I won't be able to uh, tell you and let you listen um, at all to Anthony Veal, but we'll just go ahead over to Hoosier Hustle. And um, Ryan, since coach went first on the game ball, why don't you give us your Hoosier Hustle vote here? I got it, Ray Thompson. Those 14 rebounds were huge. He had three blocks and a steal. He played 38 minutes, which led the team by six minutes. Uh, and he was plus 14 on the night. I, I thought Race brought it 
uh, consistently all night on the defensive end. He didn't do much offensively, uh, but I, I really thought he was incredibly important on the back end of that defense and and really controlled the boards after, you know, this Indiana struggled rebounding this year and they did not tonight because of him. Yeah, absolutely. So um, good. What about you, coach? Who do you have for your Hoosier Hustle Award? Well, I'm going to go with Jalen Hood Shafino on the Hustle Award here. I get what Ryan's saying, but I thought that somewhere, you know, Jalen's got to be on the topic of discussion here with 18 points. Uh, He was one of one from the three-point line. He was six of eight. He's got to get more than eight shots, by the way. Um, Four rebounds and three assists. So I'm going to go with Jalen Hood Shafino here um, for my Hustle Award. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it comes to me to, to break the tie or to vote for a third person. But um, for me, I, I totally understand what you're saying with Reese Thompson, for sure, with the rebounding. I think Jordan Geronimo should get on roll mentioned too. As you mentioned, his energy was really high and that was with a dislocated finger, right? So I thought that was really good. But who I, I actually wrote down and um, I'm going to vote for my Hoosier Hustle Award is also Jalen Hutchifino. So I, I agree with Coach. I think we really saw that when he got his third foul. And he went out and Kennesaw State went on that 8-0 run um, and either came back and tied it or even might have taken the lead back there for a short period of time. They put Jalen Hood back in. I don't think he um, came back out the rest of the game. And um, again, I know it's a, a flawed stat. You know, not everyone likes it, but plus 22 on the night. I think he really showed it. And he shows why as a, a floor um, leader for us, he's so valuable to this team and why we missed him with his back um, being hurt. Um earlier this year. So I guess for tonight, our Hoosier Hustle Award will go to Jalen hood Shafino, which makes that his second for the year. So in terms of season totals, Jordan Geronimo now has two, Xavier Johnson three, CJ Gunn two, Race Thompson one, Trace, Trey Galloway two, and Tamar Bates with one. Um, all right, guys. So let's just go ahead and move on to our lingering questions. So if there's any out there in the chat mob, you want to drop them in, we'll try to um, quickly go through those. But um, Jeff, what do you have for any lingering questions tonight? Um, I'll go back to my kind of the to beginning of the show. Can we over these next two weeks of practice, and they're going to get some time off for a break, I'm sure. But can we find an identity? Can we finally determine who we are? especially on the offensive end, but also the defensive end. And I also say this, I, it may be, I may be a little overly critical here when TJD is not playing because this defense becomes a totally different defensive team when he's there to play the back line. But even when he's been there, they have not been locked in like they were last year for the most part defensively. And this year they've really struggled at times with that, even when he's on the floor. I'd like to see us just find an identity. I'd like for us to find some offensive continuity. I'd like for us to find – or and can we find? I shouldn't just say. I should say as a lingering question. Can we find some continuity? Can we find some imagination over the next couple of weeks on on the offensive end? Yeah, I, I agree with that, Jeff. I think we've certainly lost whatever identity we had at the beginning of the year, whatever that was. Especially when we had the, that Xavier game and the North Carolina games. Can we get back to finding that? And we have what 13 days off to find it, hopefully. So, Ryan, how about you? What kind of lingering questions are in your brain? You got two weeks off. Can you get healthy? Uh, I think that's a big thing is, you know, I, I think they've held Trace Jackson Davis for these games. I think if they were big 10 games, he'd probably be playing. Um, but I think you can get by without them. And Jalen Hutchfino is not hundred percent. You can tell at times he's slow to get into games a little bit, probably because of the back injury. You got to get warmed up a little bit. Um, but you know, can Jordan Geronimo, his finger, can that get better? Can, can trace, you know, get his back healthy and, and you got two weeks time right. off. Also, one thing I want to note, 
who scheduled this game the <laughs> Friday, two days before Christmas, and then you have two weeks Terrible. off. Right. What are you thinking? You think you, I mean, it's a recipe for kids to be checked out on the game. They're all ready to right. go home. And because you kept yeah. them around campus now, most of them probably won't be able to go home given the weather situation. Right. So do better, Indiana, do, do better, you know, schedule one for that. like the 28th or something <laughs> or 29th. Yeah, um, make it for after Christmas, and then we don't have this long break either. Well, it's right? not, like, and it's that's not actually even the, one of my concerns. It's one of it, my lingering questions: Is this too long of a break for us? It actually? might be. I mean, a number of teams are having that this year, but that is a concern. I, I think with how banged up Indiana is, you probably, probably want s- some break, and it gives them a chance. These kids a chance to go home to if they can get there. Um, but yeah, that's it. Was just stupid scheduling. I mean, if it had yeah. been yesterday, or, or you know, the first game this week was Monday, and this was on Thursday, you know. But number one, it's a Friday. And number two, it's two days before Christmas. I just think it was terrible scheduling. Um, And and you're just, you're asking for an awkward game where everybody's just ready to get out of town. So, um, but anyway, I left already. Let's face it, but let's face it. We at least as bad as we look for, like Ryan said, and he's ran for as bad as we look for 30, 35 minutes. We did not pull an Iowa and lose no. a bye game at home. Look, no, look, they won, and, oh, and that's why I wasn't so harsh. Because look, you are missing why two was starters. My banner moment. You know, you are missing two starters. Uh, no, Jalen is not one hundred percent. So yeah, they got the, they got what they needed to do done, and it, and it's going to be on the record. You know, with the committee as a win. That, that's yep. all you care about. You didn't you didn't drop the weight on your toe, um, and, and now you got two weeks to prepare for Iowa, but. It's it is just a a really stupid time to schedule something, but but yeah, the lingering question. It's all about health. Can they get right. healthy? Because it's not just those guys. It's other guys look banged up too, and and so yeah. it's just take that time off and and get healthy and hopefully enter Big Ten play uh, at least relatively healthy. I mean, you know, Xavier Johnson. If we see him again this year, it'll be it'll be yeah. a mirror. It'll be great. But we're right. not. I mean, I don't think anybody should expect that. Um, but you know, I, I certainly hope we do. I haven't heard anything to say he's done for the season, but an injury like that, it's months to to get yeah. better. So I, I I would just default I've, to him not being back, and then if he comes back, be really happy. Yeah, I I think I saw um on Twitter that he had an Instagram video. He being Z- Xavier Johnson, that he'll be back in six to eight weeks is what what he's saying. That put him back around sure. what, the late February. So sure. Um, so let's let's hope for that. <laughs> My lingering question is: um, Is Coach w- um, Woodson ready to start changing some of our our lineups and um, going maybe a little smaller? Because it, it just seemed when we had both Grace Thompson and Malik in there, our just lineup was clogging the lanes again. Um, we were standing around, we were stagnant, and it, along with that, are we going to start seeing maybe um, Tamar Beats getting into that that starting lineup? I, I think it might be time you for should. us to start. I agree. I think we need him out there. And is he really ready then to, to get into that on a full-time consistent basis? So that's I, a, a lingering question I think I have as well. I feel bad saying this because I know his number one fan is on this uh, uh, podcast, but Trey Galloway should be coming off the bench and he should be coming <laughs> off the bench to bring yeah. energy. And yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. 100% think that it's tough to have him starting. Bring him in as your secondary ball handler, uh, but do not start him. I, I don't love starting him. First of all, you risk foul trouble and he's the only backup ball handler, handler you have. But I think you bring him off the bench for energy and a, and a defensive presence. And maybe he plays 25 minutes or 30 minutes, but yeah. 
exactly. but bring him off the bench. Let Tamar Bates start because he can give you offense, which is what you're struggling with at the beginning of games in every game. It's the first yeah. segment and the first 10 minutes of the last month have just been very slow starts offensively and nobody doing anything. Well, you got some instant offense right there. Tamar Bates is finally living up to that billing that we all knew he could. You know, he needs to be uh, be in that starting lineup, I think. Yeah, I, I I think so too, Jeff. Any any rebuttal, or do you agree with with Ryan on that? No, I just I, I said I agree totally. I, I like it. And I totally agree with Ryan saying just because he's the first guy off the bench or the first guard off the bench doesn't mean he can't get twenty five minutes that he got tonight. Exactly. Got it's not about can, yeah. It's about who exactly. finishes, not who starts. Is what's exactly. important. But you need offense to start, and that's what tomorrow and, is. And, and I thought yeah. he actually played better overall with the second unit, or as he came in as that first sub and would spark the first unit a little bit. However you want to look at it. So I, I totally agree with Ryan. I'm, and I agree with you, Kathy. I think it's time to tweak the lineup a little bit, yep. especially now that X is out. Jalen looks like he's comfortable enough at the one. So we may not need Trey Galloway to be kind of the second point guard on the floor at the whole at the same time. Put Tamar in there. Let's see how he does. And, and, and sometimes you also find out that kids aren't as productive starting as they are off the bench. So, but let's find out. Learn what something can about do. your team. Yeah. Yeah. So let's find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can't, we can't can have we go another. small. Can right, we, we can't also, have another night where we score 27 points and a half against somebody that's a 200 or eight defense. We just we're getting ready to get into the heart of a Big Ten play, and you're not going to have. We can't have that. We can't have a 27 point half again. So, um, all right, guys. Any other lingering questions or storylines we have not talked about that you want to hit on tonight's game, or have we um, beat the proverbial horse enough? I think we've done it for Kennesaw State. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's talk about our upcoming uh, programming notes. So um, Jeff and I, in case those of you don't know, um, we also cover um, the Indiana women's basketball program. We um, do that on our uh, podcast, Doing the Work. Um, you can find us uh, at uh, Doing the Work on Twitter, and um, we post ours in the Simply Call YouTube chat, and we have our own podcast feed. So if you're not listening um, and are following the women's team, we'd love to have you come join us in that live chat as well. And the next opportunity for that will be against the women's team or the women's team taking on Michigan State on the road next Thursday. Jeff and I will be doing a live post game then as well. That is going to be approximately four um, o'clock Eastern, five um, Central. Um, and then uh, next Thursday as well, uh, just a couple hours later, uh, Assembly Call Radio will have their time. And I think that is when they will probably, I'm guessing, pr uh, preview the next men's game, which will be Iowa. And that is not until January 5th. Um, so with that, guys, I think it is um, time for our last call. Um, but before we do go to that, please remember everyone listening to get, check out our friends at Home Full Apparel. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And if you haven't bought from them, uh, go out and do it right away. And you can use home, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off of that first order. So, um, Ryan, what do you have for your last call tonight? What would you like to leave us on? Well, uh, look, they got through it. <laughs> you know, where the two first two months of the season are down. Uh, Indiana has struggled against some really good teams in, in Rutgers, who actually looked excellent tonight against Bucknell, uh, Kansas, and Arizona. Uh, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat, uh, and and took out North Carolina and Xavier. So they went two and two in those big in those quote unquote big games. They're one and one in the Big Ten, and they took care of business against the teams they were supposed to annihilate. They largely did, except for tonight. But I'm done talking about that. Um, what I'll say is Indiana is a team that that has flaws, and now with Xavier Johnson out for an extended period of time, those flaws need to get fixed, and it's on 
the leadership of this team. It's on the coaching staff. It's on everybody to figure out ways to make this team better. And there have been some disheartening signs over the last couple of weeks that maybe they don't have those answers. Now they got two weeks to get this right and you're going to enter big 10 play and you have a chance, you know, with the way the big 10 is this year, you have a chance to win it. I mean, it's a pretty wide open race and you have a lot of talent and you arguably have a guy who could be, uh, who's you have a guy who's going to be a first 10 first team, all big 10 player, a potential all American. And you have the ability to do this. You have a, a star freshman. You've got some offensive guys off the bench. You've got some guys who can shoot. You've got this defense that's supposed to be among the best in the country. You have all of the elements, even without Xavier Johnson, to be a Big Ten champion. How do you build that over the next two weeks? Because you don't have it now. you got to start to build it. And so uh, I'll just say that this team needs to go to work. They need to take this break and enjoy it and then come back ready to work and, and figure out how to make this happen because they can, it's, it's all right in front of them and they just have to be able to do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, and on that note, you know, happy holidays, everybody. I hope everybody has a great break. I hope, uh, if you're in the deep freeze across the country, stay warm. Uh, we know coach Tonsoni's in the middle of that right now, struggling in his own house, uh, freezing. So, uh, pray for coach a little bit. Um, but you know, have a great holiday, everybody. We will, we'll see you on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, um, what kind of thoughts do you want to leave everybody with tonight? I, I'm going to kind of go along with Ryan's, and, and and I guess it was being reported in the post game. Mike Woodson uh, at least hinted that TJD may not be a. This may not have been a one a kind of game to game thing. That this may be a little bit more lingering with him. And so, if that's true, these two weeks become even more important to figure out where they are and who they are. And I think also want to say good, uh, happy holidays to Ryan's. He gets out of here, but. We've got to find an identity, whether it's with Trace, without Trace. And I really like the small ball aspect of it. And 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 I know that'll make us vulnerable on the rebounding, but I, I just think it makes us a better offensive team. And so we got to find that in the next couple of weeks. And I think that's what the coaching staff is going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, and, for sure. happy and happy holidays to everybody out there as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe Ryan can take some of that California heat somehow and bundle it up to us that are uh, stuck in this Midwest deep freeze for sure. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's everything that you said. It's um, disconcerting. Hopefully um, uh, it's not going to be still lingering for TJ Duty to be out when we have him uh, with that Iowa loss. And, you know, our team has to understand that they have to start getting off to better starts and um, because they're not going to be able to come back like they were against Kennesaw State. I mean, just ask Iowa. You can't take any team lightly this year at all, whether it's in the Big Ten or not. Uh, and I think that's, um, you know, they just need to go back to, like you said earlier, Jeff, they need to find their identity again, whether that's on the defensive end or finding something on the offensive floor, because I don't think we found an offensive identity yet under Coach Woodson. And it's, it's really time to start finding that. So, And, and I will say that as well. I, I think that's a great point that they just got to find some, they got to find some movement and things like that. And, and, and I just really want to see, like you said, uh, some movement. I want to see some, 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 some identity. That, that's the big thing. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. That's all right. No problem. So I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. I mean, we've got a, a long break here um, coming up. So I think that is going to do it for us tonight. So for those of you out there listening, thanks very much for joining us tonight. If you do want to see us do the show live and be part of that live chat, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash assembly call. And also don't forget to go 
go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Thanks to Bob Thompson for the music that you do here normally on the show. And thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logo. But thanks most of all to you that are listening. And we'll be back to talk with you hoops, talk IU hoops again with you on Thursday, um, both um, women are doing the work with Jeff and I, as well as the assembly call guys on Thursday assembly call. But until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the room and let your rim and let's go Hoosiers. See you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Take care. All right. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's a cold night up in this part of Indiana. Luckily, yeah, it, is in, it is in southern Indiana down here, too, where I'm at with my mom and my husband. I, I don't know. We got we got up to two degrees today, though. So, hey, which is warmer a, than it is back in Des Moines, where I normally as you never got above zero. So we got to zero here in Rensselaer. And it's it's one of those where, you know, luckily coaches got some heat coming back. But yeah. we've been able to knock on wood, keep electricity. And hopefully maybe by tomorrow afternoon, the wind will start to lay down a little bit. And yeah, that's the big thing. But, you know, run some water tonight again. We did it last night, you know, had yeah. a couple of faucets running to keep the keep pipes from freezing. So. I know it. So great. So, All right. Well, Jeff, well, it was fun doing two podcasts yeah. in a row with you tonight. Um, this was unexpected for us. So I'm glad that we were able to jump in here that um, I think it was fun. I'm not sure we came away with the win. So we'll, we'll yep. call it fun. <laughs> we get and it seems like when we do just do assembly call post games, we've been kind of bad luck. We, we yeah. don't get very many wins usually to hop on to. So, hey, happy sure. holidays to everybody. And we'll talk yep. to you guys next week after the Michigan State game on our side. And then the AC radio will be on Thursday night. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everyone.